Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hello, hello, hello. This is Chapeau Claudette with the 268th episode of Where the Heavenly Bodies Are, Sky Astrology. I am going to take this episode to reintroduce exactly what I am doing here more or less every week in sharing with you this concept of Sky Astrology. So you might want to grab a tea and allow yourself 20 minutes time to multitask, which is great for a podcast, or just listen and sink, let it all sink in what I am sharing. I will begin with where the heavenly bodies are at the time of 44 minutes after 4 a.m. on the 4th of November because we know it is also very uh, numerological and also because someone sent me a message that they woke up at 444 and I've been telling people to note the times that certain things happen. I was also awake at 444 today and I do believe it is a special numerological number. So yes, I'll be right back. Hold on tight. And yeah, like I say, I'll be sharing a lot today. Very special things have happened. Yes, and now I am back. So I said we would start with where the heavenly bodies are at 444 on the 4th. What I do want to mention first is that I did call for a few people to join me in a Mercury Retrograde Challenge. It's the first one that I've done. And it's the first time that I have been mentally present and aware of the pre-shadow time of Mercury. Normally, you know, you'll turn around and somebody go, it's Mercury retrograde or it's going to be Mercury retrograde in like a couple of days. But what happened is when I looked into the energies of Mercury retrograde, and I like to think they are positive energies and trying to find as always a balance with these heavenly bodies as above, so below, that I realized that perhaps we should be conscious of the pre-shadow period. The pre-shadow period began on the 1st of October. The actual retrograde time began on the 31st of October. So I believe that's a good you know month in advance right so that is what I did I suggested people write down things that happen to them and the time I must say I didn't always do it (laughs) because there's so many things that happen to me but I can uh, look at timestamp, which is great. Now we can figure out where we were more or less, or somebody sent us a message. We can look back at the timestamp. This is the advantage I find with technology, um, interacting with what I do, which is understanding something that is absolutely non-technical, which is really spiritual or, um, you know, not technical. I don't really know what to call it. Anyway, I know it's special. So let's start with that because we will make a reference to Mercury Retrograde. If you want to join the challenge, you need to reach out to me because I'll be sending a worksheet 
where you'll be able to fill in and you might be able to go back in your diary or in messages and find the moment where you found certain things out or where you met somebody by chance and then we can work through that because what it involves just briefly is that when mercury now is going retrograde it will be going back to a point that it was from october the first and we want to see what happens on those days that mercury revisits this point in the sky now sky astrology is about where the actual heavenly bodies are in the sky and Mercury is actually in Libra. This is not like astrology. If you could see Mercury in the sky, you would see it in Libra. And if you have a sky location app, you can point your phone up to the sky and see where the heavenly bodies are. The sun is in Libra. The Mercury is in Libra. Venus has moved from Libra into Scorpio, but astronomically, the space of Scorpio shares energy with the 13th, quote unquote, uh, constellation of Fucus. So after six degrees, which is only the part that they give to Scorpio, because then it's intercepted by a focus. And as I always say, and I'll just want to reiterate that there's no clear borders, even though the scientists or the, you know, the astronomical association makes a border, they will admit, if you look at it, they cross over and these energies are interacting. And so Scorpio is, is interacting with Libra energy and you know, Scorpio is interacting with a focus energy, which we don't really know what that is, but it's between, it's taking a bit of uh, Sagittarius, so it's a mixture of water and fire, that's what I want to say, and it's also the healer, and it's a beautiful uh, point to look at, it's before we get to the galactic center, the real, uh, like, heart, what you call it, in the sky, that we are slowly as earth, as a being, as an energy, aligning to which we weren't before which is all about the shift blah 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 blah. okay so i don't want to go off key let's start with the heavenly bodies if you're new to the podcast welcome this is how we do it so we start with where uh the which constellation was rising at the time that we have erected which is 444 we find that the constellation of Virgo is rising normally when the sun is in a constellation space when it is rising in the morning it is usually in that same space and because we are still very much um, here in the beginning of Libra we still at 444 before sunrise right before sunrise the constellation of Virgo is rising. And here we go with our numeric coincidences. When we look at the 4th of November at 444, what do we find? We find the ascendant rising at 22 degrees Virgo. It's always there, you know, aligning. Uh, 56 arch minutes we like to give which means it's soon be turning to 23 that was this morning but what's interesting to note is that Mars was conjunct at 25 degrees and 58 arch minutes of Virgo next we have the Sun which is noted mathematically at 3 degrees and 22 arch minutes of Libra but like I say, it is being overlapped and coming out of the energy. I like to say it's still, it's been in Virgo energy, space in the sky, aligning with a very major constellation, uh, a space in the sky where they found another black hole, where there are deep um, space objects, new exoplanets. You know, this is a really, you know, this is our biggest constellation that goes across our ecliptic it's a very important one 
you know, because it's a virgin. It's, it's, you know, the origin of a lot of myths and harvest itself and vegetation, you know, everything. So it is a very important um, space in the sky and it belongs and kind of belongs to the planet Mercury and Mercury belongs to it. So with Mercury going retrograde, you could also associate uh, the energies of Virgo with that. And it's just to purify things. That's the way, you know, you want to talk about meticulous and we give kind of, uh, you know, characteristics in the so-called astrology. But basically, it's kind of like pure virgin oil. It is really looking for the divinity, the pureness in things that are manifested, things that are harvest. Yeah, because it's an earth energy. So it needs to be tangible, whatever is produced that is pure and striving for that. And that is the most uh, I could say in this context about it. I will tell you about my own experience in part two of this podcast. Let's continue because Mercury is next. Mercury is retrograde and now it is at 18 degrees of 37. It's on my son. (laughs) I was like 18. I'm born on the 18th. You can say happy birthday to me this month. I'm born on the 18th. uh, And yeah, my son is at 18 degrees and Mercury is retrograde on my son this morning at 18 degrees and 37 arch minutes. Mm. What does that mean? I don't know to tell you the truth. Okay, let's go on. We have Venus, which I mentioned has gone into Scorpio. It's at the beginning at one degree and 35 arch minutes. Next, we have the space of a focus, the 13th sign that we call, if you look at it in the sky, um, actually, Scorpio has this weird shape because it starts with the head and then the tail of the Scorpio goes below the ecliptic quite deep. And that's why they're saying that it's shifting out and on the tail that a lot of people talk about with the Scorpio. And you have this huge foot of a focus who's holding the serpent of knowledge and healing and, you know, maybe turning that poisonous tail of the Scorpio, you know, into something that is going to be, you know, beautiful, productive, and really healing. Yeah, not just, you know, a medicine. But, you know, when you have medicine, you have medicine make you feel better. But what about really healing the symptoms so you, like, never sick again, right? This is what, this is the kind of energy we want to look for when we talk about a focus as a healer, as an energy, as a space between the Scorpio that's wounded and wants to strike back uh, or retaliate and the Sagittarius who kind of like, ta-da, just goes off on his horse and doesn't care because, you know, we're looking into, he's looking, she's it, her, (laughs) looking into the future, you know, always optimistic and heading towards and in the space of the galactic center, which I've really ascertained is a good two, good two degrees of Sagittarius. But you can see that in the star location app. Skyview is a really good one. You can just search it, find it, point to the sky, which is great. Okay, so next, if you want to know where the planets are, right? <laughs> the heavenly bodies. We are at Jupiter because Jupiter is... And has been in a focus all this time. It went retrograde and it went straight. And a focus only has 18 degrees of the ecliptic. But, you know, sky astrology is not like other um, calculations. And it's a physicist from Greece who set this up and looked at the data from NASA and used it to erect a chart that a lot of people who are interested in astrology because we work from a natal chart or a point of chart where we can see from Earth's view or from a place on Earth at a certain time where and what the heavenly body's placement is in in our sky or the sky that we can look up and see. And that is the calculation that I use. And Jupiter has been... And it's a focus constellation for a while, but it's going to leave. But we're going to get ready for it to go over the galactic center. 
and at the beginning of school uh, Sagittarius but let's not jump the gun right now it's at 16 degrees and three arch minutes there are 18 degrees and it's moving quite quickly because it's you know been moving straight for a while now so it's not in the retrograde mode at all be also going over all the energies that maybe have seemed heavy maybe not two weeks ago but like over the summer um in Sagittarius because in Sagittarius we have Pluto and Saturn and K2 which is a karmic point uh, acknowledged by the Vedas by the Vedic astrology which I have found very poignant to point do not underestimate the south and north node is what they're called in western normal astrology and speaking of which that is what we're going to talk about now where the south node is called k2 is at 13 degrees and 48 arch minutes of sagittarius followed closely by saturn which is at 19 degrees and eight arch minutes and also followed again by pluto which is at 24 degrees and 22 minutes it's almost that saturn is acting as the midpoint between the Pluto energy and K2's energy and there's a lot to be said about midpoints as well. I always say when I talk about I don't say this is going to happen. I just say let's be an observer. I'm in you know when I mention it you're getting the first part of information that you might not have had and just to know where this energy is in Sagittarius a fire energy um also what you to note in sky astrology we take more notice of the energies that personally that we can see in our sky so we cannot personally see pluto so we kind of see that as a generation thing that's kind of affecting more or less everybody or your connection to it but we can see saturn with the naked eye so Saturn is really important here. K2 is nothing you can't see, can see. It is a calculated point in the sky. So, but it is a very important one, a very spiritual one. So it's good for you to know where it is. Next, let's talk about the moon, the fastest moving entity we have in our solar system because it moves 13 and a half degrees a day. And right now it's at 8 degrees and 55, not right now, sorry, 44 minutes after 4 this morning. It's at 8 degrees and 55 arch minutes. Maybe briefly I'll just go and say what it is today to the time that I probably will release this podcast today at 4. Let's do the 444 in the afternoon, okay? So I'll do that later. So yeah, that's where the moon is. It's in the earth energy, which is good because we only have Mars in the earth energy. And I do want to touch on that because, you know, they say that Mars is having a bit of a challenging time with Sagittarius energies. And I always look at it from the prospect of, well, yes, maybe. But where can it get some support? And it might not numerically be getting support from the moon in uh, Capricorn because it's also an Earth energy. So it needs that, but it will be getting it later on today. And one of the astrologers I listen to are those people that deal with, you know, where the planets are, is that these squares... When you have a square, it's like elements that don't really go together. In this case, it's Sagittarius, fire, and Earth, Virgo, which is where Mars is because there's a Mars and Pluto square. And again, let's go say, hey, Pluto, I can't really see you. So first of all, you know, chill. (laughs) Um, But I can see Mars and it was rising on the ascendant this morning. And Mars is about drive it is always, you know, it wants to be the warrior, yes, but like for evolved beings <laughs> who don't want to keep, you know, in this war killing paradigm, it is really about passion, being passionately active, yeah, 
it is always, I like to describe it as the energy needed for the first sprout to come out of the ground, out of the earth. And for that to happen, a lot of things have to happen, but it really entails, you know, the energy of the sun and reaching for that sun, reaching for what's higher from the depths of the earth and for the earth to appreciate that the sun is transforming its earth because when the roots grow and from the bottom and come out and sprout, that's kind of what the airy sign looks like first sprout it does change and give air to the earth and the sun is pulling the moisture from the earth nurturing the roots as well if it doesn't do it so quickly but that's where the alchemy the interaction starts and that's where you see that The interaction between fire and earth need monitoring in time and space. So, you know, if you have so much earth all at once on fire, you can put it out. And if you have so much fire and heat on earth, you will dry it too quickly. And the moisture won't be able to really nurture and change the composition and the quality of this earth. And I'm talking biodynamics, farming, and concepts here from Rudolf Steiner, which I have to explain in the next portion of this super long podcast. I told you it'd be long. <laughs> How important these concepts are. And we are plants on this planet. You as an adult might not be growing physically, but this is the invitation to keep growing mentally and in this concept of basic energies that you are made of the earth is made of and the cosmos and everything else is made of and to use these analogies and this awareness to know that today just bring it back to reality is that with the day started with Mars in Virgo wanting to drive wanting to make something pure wanting to perfect something wanting to clear some things that are have manifested and at the same time you have the inspiration and the fire of um, Sagittarius with Pluto who's kind of extreme and you know far out there bigger than self with Saturn that wants talk about lessons talk about um, you know limitations restrictions because you know got to do this to get there you just can't be doing what you want to do unfortunately (laughs) because I'm not like I'm very Sagittarian. I've got a Sagittarius ascendant. And I grew up thinking I was a Sagittarius. So I love to get on the horse and just ride, 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 ride. And then be in the moment. Inspired by one thing. But one thing I have learned about esoteric uh, astrology and esoteric is that um, I need to point my arrow. Sagittarius energy. And let's use this for this analogy with the energy. With the inspiration with fire and inspiration you might be inspired to do this and that in a minute or in a day or over a period of time but what I learned and what makes sense to me and what I struggle with and what I want to give back to you when I talk about it is to point that arrow focus the arrow in one direction shoot and focus on that and once you've done that And shot that arrow and hit your target. Then draw another bow and draw another target if you want. But a lot of times you see drawing the bow, looking at the target, and then we see another target. Then we point to that target and we're about to shoot it. Oh no, we see another target. 
I see something else. I want to do that. I see something else. And I'm talking from experience. And I'm personally trying to do that and, you know, focus on one thing. And this has helped me with the Mercury retrograde, which I'll talk about again, because, you know, we can't stop doing stuff. Mercury retrograde, even though you shouldn't sign contracts, shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, what should I do? during Mercury retrograde and this philosophy has helped me decide what to do besides the information I got for pre-Mercury period. Okay, let's finish this up where the heavenly bodies are and then we'll start part two. Neptune also far, far away, but a very interesting energy, especially if it's close to a natal uh, placement of yours. If you want to know where the actually the heavenly bodies actually were in your Sky, where you were born, this is not astrology. You need to message me. I will send the information to you. No cost at all. Then we have Chiron, which we're interested in. It's an asteroid. I'm not sure what it is, but we're observing it. So we want to know where it is. It's retrograde, as is Neptune. I did not mention um, at 10 degrees and 10 arch minutes. Yeah. So that's a 10, 10 double digit and Pisces. Next, we have Uranus. Now, this is in part of the sky that I am in conflict. I, it includes Satus, one of the largest constellations, Aries, one of the smallest constellations, and Taurus with Pallades, very strong energy. But at this moment in time, I would like to say that Uranus is you know an explosive energy one we can't see but it's at the beginning of Aries and it's retrograde so it is really for me this is my humble opinion connected with Satos now Satos is now called the well but actually in before it used to be called the sea monster and the sea dragon because it had the fire coming out of the mouth had the claws based on earth and it had a tail of a fish i mean has it but it's for me it's incorporating all those three energies the earth claws on the earth the fire from the mouth and the fish tail the water and so what is the challenge always a challenge to deal with more than one element at a time two yes it's difficult it's like dealing with cusp energies but three yes we're talking major major lessons and yeah rewards when you acknowledge that you are in this so you know kind of like say uranus we have unusual crazy things happening in the world you can't make them up and you can't pinpoint them too you know just look at brexit there's people who are so passionate and crazy about it and it's the practical side of you know like what's really going to happen to people and i found some stuff that is really like shocking crazy logistically what's going to happen that's the earth part and then you got the big coming over emotional bit that people are feeling to stay togetherness or people to leave to be separate and this is the you know the conundrum or the, it's the mess is the best way to say it um when you look at it that way but it's a challenge to what you're going to do with these three energies in this brexit situation how are you going to evolve and do the best for that and address the water, the emotional need for people to feel heard. What are you going to do about the passion of people wanting to, uh, you know, change things? And how do you um, deal with the practical logistics that will happen with or without a Brexit, now that this wound, this Pandora's box has been opened, what is actually practically going to happen to this country? So, yeah, and that is Uranus in that part of the sky for you. I can't make it up any better than that. Uh, yeah, and last but not least, at the top of our sky, and I have to include 
um, the MC, which is the top of the sky, the midheaven, because it's 22 degrees and we're talking 444. Um, but next to it, or not really next to it, at 9 degrees 54 arch minutes, almost 10 degrees, we have Rahu, which is the north node. It is in Gemini. So it's in the air sign. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the conversation going. I always say that when I see something in Gemini. So I'll be right back. Take a pause. That was a long, long one. I hope I'm not past 20 minutes yet. doesn't matter because I'm going to go on. What's great, you can listen to it whenever you want. Thank you so much for your attention and I'll be right back. Hey, well, first I want to apologize for the rush of that I heard when I replayed what I just did. But to tell you the truth, I'm not going to re-record it. I think there's a lot of nuggets in there. And I do free flow this podcast. And I'm going to do just a small short segment to test the audio. I've placed the microphone somewhere else. I've come back with where the heavenly bodies are going to be today at 44 minutes after 4 p.m. GMT time. And, of course, not everything changes. But I did want to let you know that we've got this numerology going still again. This numeric coincidence or, you know, alignment of the constellation of Aries. As it says, astrologically, it's 22 degrees of Aries there now and it's talking about that space i talked about with satus which is at the end of aries and you know reaching towards the pleiades and the earth system so it's in that area what i was talking about coming today another thing that's changed is of course the moon because that's the entity that moves and more or less everything else is the same so i don't need to really tell you where those heavenly bodies are because they're in the same place as they were more or less earlier today they might have just changed by arch minutes but we don't have to see that notice that oh we can note that um sagittarius is at the mc and no like opposite exactly like 12 hours right away the opposite the ascendant moves the quickest actually quick more than the moon so like I said, the ascendant is um, going at the end of Aries. And this morning, it was at the... <clears throat> where was it this morning? <laughs> in Virgo, sorry. In the middle of Virgo. Then we have... At the MC, we had, what, 22 degrees Gemini. Now we have the MCs at 26 degrees of Sagittarius. And, um, yeah all these energies in Sagittarius very close high up in the chart we also have the moon has moved uh, to 14 degrees almost 15 degrees of Capricorn it's 14 degrees and 57 arch minutes now just want to say if you had where your planets were when you were born and those of you who I'm sending this podcast too who I know now have the date data because I've given it to you of where the heavenly bodies are this is a good time to check and see where these heavenly bodies are in your sky so I just want to say that and like I said I'll be right back to share with you the most important the most spiritual the most exciting thing that has happened to me this month stay tuned hey i'm back just playing a little background music here the kids are home from school they're starting to play and they might be too loud but this is also beautiful meditation music by the musician Daniel Roberts, who I know personally, who's a very special human being that I have been privileged to meet. And uh, yeah, it's available on iTunes and all these musical channels. He plays mostly classical music 
and it's quite beautiful and he also gives really good advice on for piano players how to combat fatigue and any other um, physical challenges that they have um, as professional pianist and I think it's quite good stuff and he's a good person so yeah check him out um, on social media it's piano Dan music okay or Daniel Roberts otherwise so this part of the thing I said I was going to share what happened this month I meant the month of October or I meant just basically what I really mean is since August the 29th when my life changed <laughs> okay don't be silly Claudette no it's fun to be silly anyway where should we start um we'll start with the fact that i'll put the link in the description where you can find the full story you can go to my life is a hat party podcast where i talk about this in you know extensively in, in detail about um reincarnation and the moment i discovered the true person that i was in my past life and all that but this part in my Sky Astrology podcast, I like to talk about the heavenly bodies and how I believe they played a part in this divine, what I call divine intervention. I'm starting to get goosebumps because, whoa, I'm trying to think where to start. I think the best place to start, which I wasn't planning to start, is with a reading from Rudolf Steiner. Now, I've been going to study sessions. It's kind of like a nice round table group where we read out loud and we discuss what we've read. And it's been very, very inspirational and very healing for me. When I went last week, or I believe it was last week, um, it's always very random who gets to read, and it's very flexible. So we were going around, people were reading what they felt like. There's not like, oh, you read to hear and hear. No, it's just, oh, I'm reading this. This feels right. Oh, this comes, this concept is coming to an end. It looks like, let's discuss this, and then people will stop and we'll discuss it. So we're going around, it's about 10 of us. And it's my turn to read. And I start reading. And I must say, my eyes swell up because the part that I was destined to read is really the whole um, reason, the, the real passion, the true impetus, I want to say, of why I am here now talking on this podcast, why I started two years ago uh, sharing whilst I was in Egypt where the heavenly bodies were. So let me share this bit with you. It's written by Rudolf Steiner, and he's talking about different um, races, really people in different parts of the world their image of God or the spirit yeah. it says the third sub race mine was up don't mind it this is 19 early 1900s comprising the Chaldean Assyrian Babylonian Egyptian people and later the Semites who branched off from them came to understand these laws. Men looked up to the stars and observed their movements and their influence on human life and accordingly worked out a science which enabled them to understand these movements and influences. 
They brought the heavens into connection with the earth. We can see the character of this third sub-race from a particular example. The Egyptians observed that the flooding of the Nile when it inundates the surrounding country occurred at the time of the rising of a particular constellation, that of Cyrus, and they connected the rising of the Nile with this constellation. Again, they observed the position of the sun at the time of the arrival and departure of certain birds. They observed the rising and the setting of the stars, their relation to one another and to mankind. And so they gradually built up a science. It became clear to them that there was a great wisdom governing all natural processes, that everything happened in accordance with great laws, and these they tried to fathom. The ancient Shadinian priests, above all, were the custodians of profound vision. But for them, these laws of nature were not merely abstract, nor were the stars merely physical globes, they looked on each planet as ensouled by a being, that's with a capital B, whose body it was. They had a, a quite concrete conception that behind every constellation was a divine being which gave it life. Thus, the Egyptians and the Chaldeans discern that they themselves were spirits living among spirits in a world of spirits. They saw matter as filled with wisdom. And I just, I thought, I'm, I'm finished. I there, this is exactly my experience that I really just evolved innately by being in Egypt. What I feel like when I was in the belly of the universe, sitting on the Red Sea, looking up to the stars and doing this on a regular basis. This is exactly my feeling. And I knew that it was a divine intervention that I was to be destined to read that part at that time. And that changed my life because, yeah, I am, you know, an observer observing, but also appreciating a sign, appreciating a confirmation that there is a beauty, a message, a verification, how special this existence is. So thank you for listening to that. And I was so happy to share it. And this happened in Mercury pre-shadow period, which we go on to say, that I believe, because a lot of things happened in the pre-shadow period for me, I discovered more um, facts, you know, communicative facts, all these mercury information through the internet, really to, you know, what I, actually, I didn't even um, share this in my other podcast, is that on the 30th of October, before Mercury went retrograde, I found a information in the internet that said the person that I have proof that I have a past life connection to, or was in the past life, was a actress and performer. And one of her special performances was character of an astrologer. Every time I say that, I just get chills. 
you know, that's just the icing on the cake for me. So, um, yeah, I just want to, you know, share that with you to prompt you to think about in your own life what's been happening in October. What information have you gotten in October? And, uh, you know, maybe not, a, you know, a practical information, maybe more spiritual information. What special information that you've gotten this month? And um, to maybe note them down if you can. And if you want to, you know, have that print out of, from me, then contact me um, or follow me on my Instagram. If you're not on Instagram, I think it's just best to email me back and make a reference back. I'm going to email this to certain people and then I can email you the form and you can be part of this observation with me during Mercury Retrograde. And let's turn this Mercury Retrograde into what this special time that it is. Uh, and it is because this Mercury ha- was going over before it went retrograde. Um, it was before it went into the, mind you, post pre shadow period. It was at three degrees of Libra when it went to the pre shadow period. Now it's at 18 degrees. So pre shadow, it was in Virgo for most of the time and just near the end going into the beginning of Libra and so it was really bringing pure information pure energy pure manifestation of the communication you know Mercury is the the carrier is the communicator is the messenger yeah and when Mercury is going at its normal pace sometimes it's too quick sometimes we get too much information but now it's slowing down and now we're getting the information that we have to do something with that we can acknowledge but I think in this case, because it's Mercury retrograde, they say don't do anything new. And I know, you know, the downfalls of signing things when Mercury's retrograde. So let's say that this is taking it and saying, okay, this is where the Mercury energies were in the pre-shadow period. This is the information that was coming to me. And this is the information that I want to continue developing. Not anything new. I want to go back and look closely at these energies, at these occurrences, at these meetings, at these happenings, meeting people, information coming, and investigate them more and use them to understand what information they were trying to, you know, explain to me how they can enrich my life or how they can materialize in my life or purify an idea or something in my life. So that's how I want to say that. Which leads me to um, another thing that I did is that also Rudersteiner related and some customers, clients that I um, impressed and that impressed me uh, had ordered a consultation and I decided to do something new. I decided to do something new every time because I'm still developing my consultations. And I wrote about Sky Astrology and our feedback was, oh, I really love the way you wrote about it. So I'm going to share that to you, especially for the new listener. So you know, um, without going through all the podcasts, even though there's one on July 15th, um, I think it's 2017. That's the most listened to that I really like. I think there's a video of it as well um, about what Sky Astrology is. But I'm learning something every single day. So I want to read this to you. And I think I'm gonna, that's going to be the end of it, really. Yeah, so let's read this and then I'll see you on your merry way. And I hope this has been a real Monday motivational moment for you. So it says, welcome to the world of sky astrology. I say that because it is a beyond worldly perspective of what we are used to in our Western societies. 
There are two things that I find extremely important as we approach the year 2020. The first is that we make our life decisions based on love of the planet or a family member or friend before we do so for the benefit of ourselves. The second is that we look up more, a simple, physical, and proverbial request. These two perspectives I find extremely important because sky astrology is an energy-based practice. And to receive the astronomical results, it is important that you align yourself to a feeling of unconditional love vibration to yourself and everything else. You are stardust, not a sun sign. You are the sum of all parts of the universe and all of its varied energies. Sky astrology was born out of the fact that it was the daily exercise of holding my head back so that my eyes looked to the day and night sky. It was a pleasant reminder that I am not only of this earth, plain, et, but that we are all physically part of the sky and all its heavenly bodies. It also allowed me to verify the true positions of the moon in the night sky. The sky natal chart is a mathematical and astronomical calculation of where the heavenly bodies were if you looked up at the sky on the day of your birth. This is an invitation to appreciate and be conscious of your natural natal energies every day and use them to balance the man-made noise in this present daily earth and technological plane at. Yeah, so that really sums up what Sky Astrology is for me at the moment. But there's one more thing that I like to end with. Because it is the technology that I want to put a spotlight on on this Monday motivation. And I think it's a lesson also, or it's a point of view, to acknowledge that technology is there for us to use it in a beneficial way. Not a detrimonial way. And so I remember when I was first, you know, interested in astrology at the time it was called. It is called still, but I didn't know it wasn't mathematically correct. And I, but I, re, I thought it was, and I was obsessed with the fact that it would get better. And I would say to non-believers and to friends that, it was mathematical and it had this big book with numbers in it, ephemeris, that has the wrong numbers. I didn't know about the farmer's almanac that actually has the right positions of the moon for farmers. But at the same time, I said, well, just wait till the digital age starts or when everybody has a digital clock. Because I think at the time, we first came the digital clocks. And then came the digital watches, right? <laughs> and this must have been a time where there were just digital clocks. And I know there must have been because when my first son was born, I only had a swatch that I brought, especially for the occasion. And it wasn't digital. And so I thought once more and more people have the correct birth time, that it would bring the validity and the belief in astrology to a better position because then it would be proven you know no evidence scientific evidence or calculation would be wrong 
we would have the correct time because like I said, it's very dependent on time and especially if you're doing an investigation. So now, thanks to technology, the moment that I experience something, and in this case, that August the 29th, let's end this podcast with this moment in time. The funny thing is, on this day in the morning, I had published an article saying that, you know, my reincarnations and that I was this guy, Tabaron and Charlotte Solomon. And in the afternoon, I was still doing research. And at 1750, I had put in some, the name of the person and on my screen came up this woman that I had never seen before. I had heard of the name Isabel by name, but I thought she was just a character. And there was a real actual person who was connected to the story called Isabel, named Isabel. And she looked like me. And this was at 1750. So when I realized the woman looked at like me, I screenshotted the page. And then after a few hours, I was thinking, wait a second, don't I have a transit coming? And I went back and because of technology, I was able to put in the 1750 time and the date. And to my amazement, there was an exact alignment for my very sensitive part of my chart. And the time I saw my this woman who I know I am a part of, and I say this, a part of because I'm leaning more towards biocentrism. You can research it. It's more like, you know, thinking we are one, that there's an energy and there's some arguments to be made, you know, but whatever it is, I am the soul, carrying the soul and the memory and the thoughts and the purpose of Isabella Adrini and my skin is on fire again when I say these things. But it's so emotional. And she has so much to share. Whoa, I'm on fire when I talk about her. It's so emotional. But it is so true and I'm so blessed to be able to find this proof, this scientific proof because the calculation is based on science the time is correct it's based that thanks to technology and the magic of the universe showing me that face and connecting to a deep soul being of myself happened in the pre-shadow mercury period and so we go into Yes, this Mercury retrograde period is a period, and I have to end with this as well, because this is a magic, how the magic happens. I will be attending the private view of Charlotte Solomon, who is my second, or I don't know, second, I don't know number, the second person that I know, or actually the first one. Anyway, it's one of the persons. (laughs) Charlotte Solomon was a German Jewish girl, an artist who lived in the same street that I lived in Berlin, Germany. And there's over 10 connections with us and our family. And she's having an exhibition that opens on the 8th of November. I've been asked on the 7th of November to perform my hat performance, which is the reason I came Part of the reason I came to London and is what Isabel used to do. She was a performer. She used to do little skits. And I've been asked to put together a skit about being boring. I'm really excited, but you can't make it up. 
um, these two things are happening that I have no control out of. Yeah, that somebody asked me to do this performance for my hat performance and this exhibition that was planned a long time ago without anything to do with me of Charlotte Solomon. So this is what makes this Mercury retrograde special for me and quite dynamic. And with that, I think there is not more else to say. But if you have coincidences in your life, please reach out to me because this has healed me in ways I never thought I needed healing or realized where these characteristics or attributes of mine were coming from and now they make perfect sense. My whole being makes more sense and it's life-saving for me. Very life-saving if you only knew how. So, be well, my friends. Thank you for listening. Lots of love for me to you and yours. Until next time, a.k.a. Cloudette, keep looking up.